we looked at each other like, do you smell this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got out of the truck and I just saw kind of a flame from the back wheel coming. I saw it really being reddish orange. Yeah. That so I scary. went back screaming like, oh, brakes are fire. Yeah. And I, I got you and then I got the fire extinguisher. Yeah. And then the next thing that we started to do is like cooling our brakes with buckets of snow. You got your drink? I got my drink. Nice. We're back at the, the phone again. Yeah, let's try how that's gonna work this yeah. time for me. We ditched our uh, microphones. That I didn't you, you didn't listen to the sign yet, but I really didn't like it. Apparently there's something like a mic bleed where your microphone picks up my sound. And vice versa, right? And vice versa, and that sounds pretty weird. So we're back at the iPhones until we got like a proper podcast studio. This is how we do it, I guess. I think we have to follow up on the last podcast. Yeah, I think the most important part that I would like to add on to the last podcast is that basically we had the podcast about winter van life, how things are going, it's going great. And you literally said, oh, we're not really testing our limits yet or have been experiencing the limits of the truck. And then shit went down. Yeah, that was crazy, isn't it? I listened back to that podcast and we literally said like, well, you know, it feels like we haven't like found our limits yet. Like, And since then we are discovering quite a few limits. Yeah, it was crazy. We stopped that recording and then the next morning we woke up. With a broken diesel heater that just didn't want to turn on anymore? It did turn on, but it turned off like randomly. It didn't heat. Yeah. Let's keep it at that. And then the water froze inside, which was new. The water system of ours froze. Yeah, so that was a shitty morning. Yeah, so we started the fire and then we uh, scrambled all the last drops of water. For a cup of coffee. For a cup of coffee inside. Yeah, that's crazy. And all these things like the diesel heater never did that. We never had water frozen inside. There were all these like new things happening all of a sudden. Yeah. And even the same night after we stopped the recording, uh, someone knocked on our door. So we thought, oh, freaks, we will be sent away. But actually, he just showed us, okay, you can stay here, but you need to park at a different spot because we took quite a bit of space. This was of actually the in the last podcast. It was just before we recorded the other podcast. So that's Oh, it was just before, but we left the spot after we recorded the podcast because the yeah, point true. was yeah. that we drove up that little hill and oh yeah true that and our, happened our motor yeah we reached the, the limit we, of like the the power of the motor so we yeah. just stalled that was crazy like we never had that uh, as well like normally we we're able to to go up hills but this time the motor stalled luckily yeah, it was we just were one just attempt too slow i think yeah, but the the road was also just too steep, I would say. Like, that was a limit. I would say, like, oh, we shouldn't do much more steep than that. So that was a limit. Then the water, like, uh, apparently, like, and it wasn't even that cold that night, if you compare it to, like, where the places we were at the glacier, like, earlier. But I think it was just... Uh, the combination of the filling combination up. of cold water inside the van. Maybe the wind was just hitting our side. Yeah, and we filled fan. just up the water tank with really really cold water right like yeah we filled it up with pretty icy cold water yeah now, but then the funny thing is okay it was a super sunny day so we went still for a run to ski it was not perfect it was super sunny but it was just the slopes and were not great and we were not too much in the mood thousands of people so busy yeah so in the end we just enjoyed some sun we went down and we kind of had hope with a sunny day that our water system would unfreeze yeah which but, it didn't but that didn't happen but instead the diesel heater started to work again so we started to heat up with a diesel heater that just randomly started working again our garage to unfreeze together with the sun the yeah. water system and then we thought, okay, let's go down anyways, because it's, the difference is 1,000 elevation meters. 
Yeah. So we started the the drive down. Yeah, this was the first boat we have actually left that we thought like, okay, we have to get out of here because this is not getting any better. Yeah. We could not withstand another night like freezing. Like, because also like, you have to remember it, it's just, I mean, you know, freezing temperatures outside is one thing, but once it starts to freeze inside and it comes in our water system and then the hot water system, like stuff can actually get damaged. Uh, yeah. Depending on like... I don't know, even like depending on what, but I, I guess depending on how long or severe uh, cold it gets. Yeah, also because it starts to become harder and harder to heat up our system as well. Yeah. But okay. It's not a good thing. So, so yeah, we started we driving. Yeah, but we started driving down the mountain. And maybe a week before, we had a little incident. So the truck has, what is it, an, an air. Air pressure. Yeah, I don't break? even know. How what is to, it in English? Yeah, I don't know. I would I would say I would explain it like this. Like it's an engine it's like kind an of like our brake. engine brake. Yeah, we do like a normal car also just our engine breaks if we uh shift into lower gear and just uh let it go, then it breaks, but it doesn't break that much and then we just make too much refs, uh which isn't good for a motor, so we have to brake anyway. But with with this like air I don't know the the name for this, but it's some air system that kind of like supports this engine brake system. That that's what it feels like because when this thing kicks in, it makes it sounds like, and then you feel there's like a lot more braking going on. It's with air pressure. It's with air pressure, and that's the thing. Like because so, it, it needs to heat up before it works. Like it just wouldn't turn well, on. No, it. The thing is, it works with a clap and air pressure, right? And there you can have condensation or a little bit of water in that. So the clap can get frozen, basically, with cold temperatures. This is what I understood. Yeah, that also happened to us. But even That happened to us before. Yeah. So we went uphill while the engine brake wouldn't stop braking anymore. Yeah. So we thought, okay, we need more time for our engine to heat up. Yeah, but not even that. It does it won't turn on. Oh, yeah. Because I pushed the button, but it doesn't do anything. Oh, yeah. Okay, so anyways, we started to drive down the hill without the engine brake on our normal brakes. And at the bottom, <laughs> like 20, 20, 20 minutes later, we were nearly at the bottom. Like, I would say three-fourths of the whole way down. Yeah. And... We just went to the side to let some cars pass because obviously there was a queue a little bit behind us. And we looked at each other like, do you smell this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I got out of the truck it just to check. It was this weird rubbery smell, I would say. Yeah, like of heat. Burned. Burned. Yeah. yeah. So I got out and I just saw in my feeling, in my memory still, like I saw kind of a flame from the back wheel coming. I saw it really being reddish-orange. Yeah. That so I scary. went back, screaming like, oh, brakes are on fire. Yeah. And I, I got you, and then I got the fire extinguisher. Yeah. And then the next thing that we started to do is like cooling our brakes with buckets of snow. Yeah, it was crazy hot. It's like you put like some snow in it and it just like melt instantly and all you yeah, get back is like some steam. steam. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that was scary. In my defense, I don't know if people listen to this and think like, oh, what are rookies like? I mean, we in the situation, we did the best we can. I mean, we still used the engine brake, obviously, and we were very careful not using the normal brake because we know this can be a problem. So we did like use the engine brake, you know, pedal hard, uh, but not continuously on the brake. But even this, and I think it it was like this, like 10 minutes or so, the down downhill. I but think this... for us more, because we needed some more time. So I would say the downhill was like 10 to 20 minutes. But this enough was, and we even, we even stopped earlier to let some car pass, but this yeah. enough, this alone was enough to just fully have our yeah let's say on fire luckily it wasn't like some big fire that was like continuing but yeah it was was, 
To be honest, maybe it was also more the heat of the moment that I felt like it's fire. I think it was. Yeah, you scared me though. <laughs> yeah, but I was scared myself. I mean, yeah. I. I no, think it was, it was good that I. I. It was good that I scared you. That was also yeah, yeah, the intention. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, it was a gnarly situation, and and I guess. I also said it back then, like the, I mean, driving a truck is one thing and I, I start to feel like I'm getting control of the truck itself. So I know like the, the power it has uphill. Um, I know like how far we can break the steering and everything. But now there comes a whole different thing into play. And that is that, the, you know, even though you, you, you might control the truck, like the truck can be then become uncontrollable in a way mm. like if the i mean if the brakes you know fail then we're like fucked yeah so that's and and we don't even know the only thing i know like the engine also like the um what is it called the park rim the park brake hundred yeah the park yeah. the parking brake because i think Oh man, that's also a thing. We don't, we just don't know a lot about trucks really, and we're not mechanical whatsoever. But in my understanding, that's the same system uh, that uses yeah, the normal brake. Let's not go into the details of <laughs> of our braking it, system. <laughs> what we wanted to do is give a little update to everything is going super smooth and we don't yeah. have any issues. To okay, actually, we ran into a couple now, so. Let's not focus on everything that could have even gone worse. Yeah. We cooled down the brakes for like one hour. Then we continued driving. Yeah. To actually an even steeper section. Yeah. Freak my life. I think both by of now, our... By now, like when we started driving, by now the air brake thingy did work. So that was helping us. That was giving some confidence back but even then, with the air thing it was so steep this hill that we still had to use the normal brakes the normal and brakes. we were on full low gear that went to way many yeah too many refs and then the the motor starts to signal like too many you know, refs like alarm alarm <laughs> so both of our yeah really, we were sweating hey, yeah this was, we were both this really sweating adventure. the adrenaline was like pulse was up 180 i yeah. was full on extreme sporting yeah so and it's we took another break let another car pass started cooling down the brakes again and then it was really the last section and after we were down yeah. everything was okay yeah and we actually got back to the camping to the campsite yeah where our plan was okay we need electricity to use our electric heater to unfreeze our water system. But guess what was completely unfrozen? Yeah. Our water system when we cut down. Yeah. So everything fixed it itself. But yeah. to finish the story with a bang, I mean, the, so this all goes sideways from the moment we have this podcast. And to end this, like on the campsite, I make a fire. And because we had the fire in the in the wood oven the entire day, the, the charcoal was still hot. I had no idea. So I would like empty the charcoal. You know, in a bag. And yeah, I put so the Jonathan bag. started the fire in the wood stove, by the yeah. way. And I put the charcoal in a bag and put it in the... Drawer. In the drawer and close which it. I'm sitting now. And after some time, we start to s smell something funny. And by now, like our... How would you say? Like our... We were just a bit more aware of our surroundings because of all the craziness so we so we smelled again like something funny and i almost like then set the the thing on fire well i set it on fire but luckily because of the smell i you know i localized it and we threw it out yeah it's crazy isn't it like all these things just in one day that we say like oh we've never experienced it like everything goes kind of smooth and now we have all these like incidents and, and limits yeah Looking. Okay, so then I I want to continue to how we got to the garage. So then we, just to make sure that everything is okay with our brakes. I mean, we wanted just to be sure that 
our brakes didn't have permanent damage. So we had to go to a garage to have it checked. Well, honestly, we just wanted to know if we can like withstand another hill, really, if, yeah. if they're still functioning. Yeah, I mean, we're in Austria, so we need to <laughs> drive some hills. Okay, so we we went to a garage, which is quite a bit of outside Innsbruck. So we drove there in the evening, we slept there in front, we gave the truck, the keys of the truck in the morning, and we took the train to Innsbruck, and we took the train back from Innsbruck in the evening to sleep again in the truck, but we needed to pay the bill in the next morning. So we were sleeping two nights in front of the garage. That was so funny because we were still in bed. I just had the alarm to get out to pay the bill. And suddenly, like, the truck starts moving. Yeah. Being, like, wobble, wobble, sideways. The engine starts. We're both in the back. So the engine starts. We're both in the back. (laughs) And... So someone of the garage needed to move our truck because it was in yeah. the wrong parking spot. Now we know what it feels like when somebody like steals our truck and we're still inside. Yeah, <laughs> freaks! That was so funny. You're just standing half naked. You, you especially. I was like just, full naked. Yeah, holding the snowboards <laughs> from falling over. Yeah. 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 Some experiences. I'm. But like, the brakes came out okay. So this is. Actually, yeah. good news. So we, yeah, we're all fine. It's we're all okay. completely normal what just occurred there. We were just a bit stressed out of all the breaks and fire and stuff, but they yeah. managed. Like, looking back at this whole thing, um, I feel more confident now than, af- than before this weekend because this was exactly my point. Like, the scariest thing for me with this truck is that we didn't... We haven't found it limit. And that was sketchy for me because um, I know that, you know, if we find a limit, for example, with the brakes now, I mean, that's scary. Now we sort of know, like, the steepness of a hill, like, not using the engine brake well. Now we know, like, so, sort of now the we have boundaries. A yeah. Now we have a reference. So the next time we go up a hill, we, for example, would know, okay... I mean, even where we went up and we now and we stopped going downhill, we stopped at the first time uh, at the first parking spot halfway to let some cars pass. So knowing how much impact the whole thing has on us, we could take more breaks, for example. Yeah, now Stop we definitely earlier. would. Like, if we have another, we like, one of better. these. Yeah. We have a bef- better reference. And that's the thing. That's also with the cold on the mountains. Uh, we know exactly how high we were. So all these things, like, now kind of give us boundaries. And within the boundaries, I would say, we're we're more and more safe. Like, we know, like, okay, we can handle this. And for me, this is a better feeling than not knowing your boundaries. And, and you still be like, well, we're going to push it. Because that's also in the nature of you and me. Like, we would just... We would just try stuff until it doesn't work. And that's yeah. a bit of the scary thing with the truck. Yeah, I agree. Because it can go sideways from, from when it's not working quite quite fast. Yeah, I mean, yesterday we got stuck in the mud so far when there was a heat wave as yeah, well. this was like a month or so back. Yeah. yeah, and then yesterday we drove on some icy path and we actually had zero grip. Yeah. That was also interesting. You mean here? Yeah. Yeah, with the parking. Yeah, so we start to understand what What we can drive and what we really can drive or where we need to put on chains or think better before just driving into it. Yeah. So I guess this story, like, leads into, like, where we parked that weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I guess we learned, you know, there are limits to where we can park obviously yeah but i guess like what a lot of people ask us like first one of their first questions is okay so where are you guys parked and it's i mean we're nine meters long we're three meters and 66 high two and a half meters wide and 12 tons yeah so we are pretty big so we definitely can't park in front of every city supermarket. No, and this was the exact same questions that we had. And it was kind of hard for us to discover because we just couldn't find the people that would use the truck as we would do with the whole Park for Night app and just 
trying to find spots outside of town for free? Sort of. I mean, eventually I I researched that little group of Dutch guys living in a truck, right? And oh, true. Then yeah. we actually... Oh, yeah, they gave us a bit of confidence. Yeah, so because I was so unsure about this because we, we just used Park for Night with the small events. We, we went any random little sand path in with IDR. Worst case, we just go in reverse out. It was always our approach of just driving to random places with the small events. And with yeah. this truck, we knew, okay, we need a little bit more of research before we can just drive into gnarly roads. Yeah, so it was a bit like... Uh, uh, we, we weren't sure and it was a bit scary. Um, we knew we had to sacrifice some places but we didn't know how many places we were sacrificed so we would constantly be in this discussion okay because on the one hand you have the comfort of living and on the other hand you have like the mobility yeah uh, and it's one or the other like if you're small and you have a four by four and you're you know your mobility is crazy you can park wherever but your comfort of life like living in the actual thing is is considerably lower and on the other hand you have the the comfort but being so big, being so heavy, you have to sacrifice some adventures, some places where you can't park. But we had no idea where this balance was. Yeah, but interesting enough, we literally park exactly the same way we parked with a small van. It's crazy, isn't so it? So far. I would say I exactly would say the same. 85%. Maybe even 90 yeah, maybe even of all case, cases. Yeah, but we are more considerate. Like when Google Maps, for example, we were driving back here, and Google Maps goes crazy because it sees some uh, some traffic jam, and then we are really considerate of not driving through these little towns and such. Yeah, so so Google Maps, first of all, we are still using Google Maps and yeah. not like a truck app because Jonathan, you just don't like them. Yeah, and then Google would deviate, would tell you, okay. To avoid the traffic jam, take that little road up the mountain with yeah. your truck. Yeah. And we're like, ah, never mind. We're just going to stop, have dinner, wait till the traffic jam on the main road is over. Yeah. And, and I, continue. like, if we were still back in our former vans, I would just drive there yeah, like without sure. hesitance. So this is a bit different, but by no means it is restricting in that sense. It's by... by I mean, it's not that we w really want to go somewhere and then we'd be like, oh, but the truck can't make it. We haven't... To be really honest, I mean... I'm, I I'm careful with saying it. I haven't had these moments because then after this podcast, again, we come into these situations. But until now, we, we didn't now sacrifice... you it yourself that you sometimes jinx our luck. No, but, but I do see a pattern here. The thing is, when I was traveling with a friend in an old Fiat Ducato from... Uh, 92 i mean that little rv has zero power we would have not done either so if this google, is kind of the same yeah <laughs> so google maps would have deviated to through all the little mountain villages we would probably not have taken that road because it just there's zero power in that engine and it takes so much effort and extra energy to to drive those little paths even with a small rv compared to ours yeah so i guess what we're saying with the whole where we park I, I would say we we still park at the same places maybe a bit further in the back maybe a bit yeah. further down the road but like yeah. we do the same things that we did with the other trucks yeah Another thing people ask us a lot is how much fuel consumption does your oh, truck yeah. have? Of course. I saw a video and I really like this answer. It's like, yeah, everybody is always like complaining about the f fuel efficiency of this crazy at some army truck or whatever. And then his answer would be like, yeah, but does your house drive? <laughs> and I really like that answer. I was like, that's actually the comparison. Like, of course, you, you shouldn't compare us to, like, some Toyota Briar's car or whatever. 
you know, we we're not in that league. We are to a lot of old-timer Yeah, we're not vehicles. even that crazy. So the consumption is 20 liters per 100 kilometers. kilometers. Go figure that out in gallons and miles and whatever. Something yeah. with 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there you have it. And we spend how much money roughly now per month? Was it 300 euros? Yeah, I think between three and 400 euros, depending how much we drive per month on fuel. Yeah, maybe not even because we don't. So like if we f if we fill up once, that's like 300 bucks. Uh, yeah, between three like and this. 400, depending. Yeah, but we don't fill up every month, do we? I would say on average, probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, now... Yeah, it depends so much, so on, much. On, how, on how we but drive. But then if we will go or back... Or if we and, go up to mountains or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but if we are going from the Austria to the Netherlands in like four days, which we are planning on next time, like driving pretty straight, yeah. then we need to fill up in that days like two times probably. True, so let's say so 300 average, bucks per month. That's sort of our uh, our fuel. Yeah, price. so now you also see the difference between Jonathan and me. Jonathan is always the glasses half full and the more half empty time. So I would say around 400 bucks a month. So figure it out. It's probably somewhere half halfway in the middle. So yeah. I'm the conservative type. But again, if people find this a lot of money, like keep in mind, this is optional cost. Like this, like it goes up when we drive, it goes down when we're not driving. So it's really, yeah. uh, how much do you want to spend on this? Really? Yeah. What is something else that people ask us? What are the measurements of the box? Oh, true. We got this a lot because we yeah, didn't mention it on the, on the video with uh, the fan tour and such. And I guess it's also a good question because people want to, <laughs> I think, copy some of our interior decisions on their box truck or whatever. Yeah, I would so say they need so. the measurements. Yeah. So in a nutshell, on the outside, we are nine meters long in total, including the cabin. We are 366 high and we are two and a half meters wide. Yeah, this is all meters and centimeters. Yeah. So this is outside in the box itself. Inside measures is 740 long. Yeah, 250 wide and 250 high. Yep. And this was really specific for us because we started to look into vans um, oh, yeah. and sort of see like, okay, so what are the measurements out there? And they were, I mean, there were some deviation in, in different different sizes, but they were pretty standard. And this was a standard measurement, and that helped us to make the design for this specific one, even before we bought this specific truck. Yeah, I think the 250 wide and 250 high is pretty standard, and then the length differs. And we had we were standing in a box which is six, which was 620. Yeah, we had, a, we had a big decision to make back then. We were like, okay, are we going to opt for the six meter or something? Yeah, six, something like I this. it's just one meter shorter than what we have now. Yeah, and that would like, we'd be like, oh, we would, we might be so much more flexible. And it was either this, are we still going to like push to make it small to, to at least have a little bit more mobility? Or are we going to say, you know what, we're going to go big. Because it had to do with the design of the bed, kitchen, couch situation. And yeah. this would not work um, when it's like lesser than this size. Then we had the whole construction that, the you remember, we had this whole thing where the bed wouldn't be there. And then it would be here and it might lower from here or it might go from the Murphy bed situation. We had all these crazy things yeah. that we do. And I think... I don't know exactly how it went, but it was like we made a decision of like, you know what, this is going to be your house. That's going to be your focus. Let's do the big thing. Then and then also the truck kind of, the the rest felt good. Like the guy that sold us the truck felt it was a nice guy and he was helpful yeah. compared to all the other guys. And yeah. then, so everything fell into place also with this truck and the the company that sold it, I would say. Yeah, remember buying the truck? That was such a fun journey. I remember us being then 
inside the truck and be like yeah well this feels this feels like it could be a house and then we walk outside of the truck and then we look at it and be like this is gigantic <laughs> like we are not able to drive this thing but it was so funny every time our trucks are at the garage when we had our truck in between all the other trucks we look tiny yeah we look tiny so to be honest we we also learned since buying it till now every time that it's every time it depends where you are in comparison where you're parked. because if if there is a toyota prios parked next to you yeah we look freaking gigantic but if there's a normal truck that you see driving around going to supermarkets next to you you look yeah. tiny these are these are really yeah those big. international guys yeah but we're still not um, as tiny that you don't need a specific license for this one. That's yeah. another question. Do you need a license? Yeah, you definitely do. Because this truck um, technically has a capacity of 16 tons. Yeah. 16,000 kilograms. We put it back to 12,000 kilograms just to save a little bit on taxes. Yep. Uh, and in the country that we are in... Um, Everything above three and a half thousand kilos, uh, you need a special license. Yeah. Now, there is a thing that people get. Uh, we have a C1 that is up to seven and a half. That's sort of a big camper license. And then everything above this is the normal C license. And that is the, the truck, what all the truckers need to do. But there is an exemption, uh, exception because there is the, uh, the C without... Mm -hmm. We say code 95. Which is commercial. Which is a commercial thing. So if you want to drive it, I am not, um, because I have the, the C license and I'm not able to, to drive on a commercial. Yeah. So, they so you're not able to load, unload goods, basically. I cannot make money trucking. Oh, yeah. Basically. Do you think I will ever drive this truck? Yeah, that's another question people ask. Nicole, can you drive? Well, you can drive. I could, in theory. Technically. <laughs> so I don't have a license, so I never drive this. I'm a pretty decent car driver. I was also a pretty decent camper driver when we had our campers. I remember when I chose my camper bef that I built before this one, I definitely opted for six meters instead of seven. Yeah. Because... Man, it makes such a huge difference in U-turning. So I got scared. Um, but I got better along the way also. Like, oh, I yeah. learned... I remember we, we drove a 7 meter, didn't we? And I made Horrible. you... And you had to U-turn that one, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that was... For me, it was a no-no. Yeah. But okay, so... I decided then for a smaller van. And... Yeah. To be honest, when we started, like when we really got to the plan, we bought the van, uh, the this truck. I said, okay, I'm gonna be able to drive this, and and sometimes I feel still feel the same. In the beginning, now, it was really a plan. It was like, okay, Jonathan, you get it first with all the, I mean, the cash flow and stuff, and yeah, you get it later. That yeah. was sort of the plan. But now, it's funny because it goes in waves. Yeah, sometimes, what changed, Nicole? <laughs> I don't enjoy freaking driving so much as you do. And the mountains are scary and it's a huge truck and it's a house and you just enjoy it so much to drive. So I feel sometimes like, why would I even want a license? Because in the end, I will never drive. I mean, even in my camper, I never drove when we are together. Sure, and it's not now an an uh, an option for like five hundred bucks get a license. No, no we're like talking two and about two and a half thousand euros, just to get the license. Mm. So it depends how this year is gonna go. I mean, now it's February. If there's gonna be a lot of situations where I'm without you, because you are on one like a production filming something for work for away. Maybe I will rethink it. But for now, no, I'm not able to drive the truck. And it looks like 
I'm not gonna be able to. <laughs> yeah. You think if you had to, you're able to? I think so. I would get my mind straight. I mean, this is how life goes, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things when I have to, I can. True. I think it would... Maybe it does mean to say I just... I just had the picture of you driving the truck. Imagine the trucker, like, with all that, and then you see you coming up with the truck, and you see a small girl behind the wheel. It must just look funny. Yeah, I think so. But I think also <laughs> there's now, nowadays a lot of female truckers. True. It gets more the, normal. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, like, such an image of what a trucker is like. and But anyway, we're both not that, so... How did we come by this idea of, of, of doing the truck? Is yeah. also is is a question that I mean our background story is you already had a van, we met, I started my do it yourself van build. Yeah. Just after we met. Go listen to the first podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a little bit of the background story. Yeah. But then so COVID hit. I sort of got unemployed, so Then I was able to build my van. Then we went during the first COVID winter to Sardinia. And there we did our first big trip. And I think pretty fast we had the feeling, okay, this is really my van back then. Not really ours. I mean, all the choices I made in the end, not really us. Yeah, because we were just getting to know each other, sort of. But, like, I guess this trip was really where we learned that, okay, this is something that we could do more as a lifestyle instead of just a trip. Uh, and how are we going to facilitate that? Like, if we're going to build a truck, uh, a van together, a vehicle together, what it, what, what would it look like? What would it look like? And I remember and I, clearly, like, we just wrote down all the things that we wanted. Yeah, I remember clearly... You getting really enthusiastic over the idea. So you started already sketchuping and, and, and brainstorming and a lot of the ideas. Also, like putting them into really a model already, like a design. And then I remember you asking me, okay, what do you want? Like, really, what would be your ideal van? And I was like, I remember me joking. I, I would really like to have a terrace. And I said, but that's never going to happen. And you would be like, no, we're going to put down now everything in the ideal version. So throw it at me. So I remember, okay, terrace, inside yoga spot, outside yoga spot, big kitchen. Ah, And kind of that list got growing. Everything that we didn't like from the previous van obviously got on that list. For you, it was a bigger bed, (laughs) normal size bed. Shower was a big thing. Toilet. Wood stove. Couch, toilet. Normal couch. Table. Working space. Yeah. And then we had this list of all these things and we looked at it and and we realized then like, okay, we need a truck for this. And that yeah. was sort of like, haha moment. This Joke. Is not, yeah. Haha. Never yeah. mind. Look at what we made. Like, this is not going to work. This is crazy. And then we started researching and finding people that actually doing that <laughs> yeah we came ac- across some some people traveling who had who had this truck with the design that we sort of thought was not possible and they were just yeah. doing it and they were doing it i remember so in a chill way you know because we were like yeah. oh you know kind of how people approach us now like oh fuel consumption or measurements where do you park all these and they were so chill about it that we really started to believe like oh this is actually an option like if yeah. they can do it then we should be able to do it so that opened our opened our eyes yeah and then we kind of rolled with it imagine what it would have happened if we haven't met um sebastian ellie oh yeah sebastian ellie was a yeah the, the server the couple end, really the the guys that that pushed us over the edge yeah, so this to so go that's, for it. So that's that's how the idea. Yeah. 
So that was also the process. And I think from there, when we met Shabazz and Ellie in Sardinia, which was maybe two months after the first SketchUp layouts that we were, okay, we're going to build for sure something again together. Yeah. Um. Then we started really thinking Figuring about... Figuring out technicalities. More yeah. Than, yeah. Design things. Yeah, there it started. Choices. It's crazy. I were preparing for this podcast earlier, like yesterday or something. I had this memory of... of I have this vivid memory of a kid. Um, we were on some <laughs> holiday or whatever in the car, you know, doing these long drives to south of friends. And there were like all these trucks passing and stuff. And I have a vivid memory of looking at one of these trucks and be like... Imagine if that thing just rolled down and there is a, a living room inside or some people are just living in there, you know. Now you do it. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, we live in a truck. Something like which never we thought was an option, I guess. At least I did. Same here. I would never have thought. So did we build it ourselves? Yes. People ask. Just of course yes. we do. <laughs> to be honest it's us <laughs> yeah. we're just way too stubborn to let anybody else touch anything that we <laughs> but this is interesting because i ask you again because i'm already thinking about a new project sometimes i need to admit oh god exactly and then you actually answered the other day i'd rather work now and just hire someone and i said oh you can hire me you're like okay <laughs> so yeah, yeah there's a difference in in my opinion of people who like to build for the building itself and there are people that build for a purpose to be enjoyed and i'm version two so i thought the whole time i'm also version two i'm starting to doubt now because i'm actually getting excited about maybe in the future starting a new project but I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe over 10 years, I start, like, when I'm, or maybe 20. Maybe every 30, because the thing is, you can't really build something when you're moving the whole time. <laughs> I'm so happy that we built this ourselves. And, I yeah. mean, we learned so much about building and stuff. But I also, every time, so this is the th third fan I'm, we've built and every time i forget going into it how much how intense it is what a project it is now we're helping a friend of us here in innsbruck and we're kind of researching and then also now just doing the research for him i just realize again like we put how so, many hours so were... many hours into every detail like assembling something and you can go like a day researching what freaking connection would be best for you and this Easy. is just the just a small piece of the entire thing it's just so much work yeah and that is the that's why i say like okay i mean of course i like building you know give me a hammer and a nail and i have a good time like building you know but it's not that it's the entire package of like having to finish it having to come up with creative solutions uh, budget wise uh, research wise all these things it's 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 intense doing it yourself. Yeah, it's super intense. And I think also it was intense with... I mean... I want to say everything with us together can be intense. <laughs> which is probably true, but... Even that, yeah, as a couple doing it, that was even more intense. But also made it super fun and doable in the end. That's also yeah, crazy. I mean, alone? No. No. no together, and, yeah. And what was really nice about us is we found that we had different strengths. So I would be like doing... I was good at like starting things and making sort of the bigger building blocks. And you were... We figured you... I'm learned, more the detail person. Yeah, you finished the stuff, which was really nice. Like that's, you know, why it looks so finished, I would say. Um, so yeah, that was a great combination. And also... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, also we learned a lot about us and our relationship building stuff together. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's a great like team. Therapy, it yeah. Was. yeah, it's a great team builder. <laughs> it's a great team builder indeed. Yeah, if you want to figure out if you are in a good relationship, go go build a van together. Like, yeah. See how that goes. If the van finishes. And finished, don't give up with the first fight. <laughs> <laughs> Try the... 
I don't know, fights 250 and then decide. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit cheesy, but I always say, and it really felt like this, we were building it literally a house together and figuratively. Yeah. Did I say that right? I don't know how to translate it. Is it and metaphorically? Oh, yeah. You... I'm not sure. Maybe that makes zero sense in English. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the answer is we built literally everything ourselves. Yeah, except the welding. That's yeah. the only thing that we both be like more. And the only thing that needed to be welded is six. Like, it's not even a box. It's oh, just a rail. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the flue pipe. Oh yeah, and the flue pipe. Yeah. So in the end, yeah, we only we, welding and obviously all the technical stuff. So we have a garage that we trust and the guys that we love. So yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna throw the last question because we're almost yeah. in our go 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 regular go. hour session. Um, what do we do for a living? What do you do for a living? I am working as an online marketer for Google Ads Agency. Yeah, lucky 24 you. hours, fixed hours. I'm working in a team of, the moment, seven people. And I'm building and maintaining mainly Google Ads campaigns in the hotel and tourism industry and some social media yeah, campaigns. Yeah, so... I mean, this is the, it might look like from the outside, but we're not on a continuous holiday. We also have to earn money. We wish. Nah, actually <laughs> no, actually we don't. I, we, we don't actually wish. wish. No, but it's like, again, like we try to figure this out as a lifestyle. And with that comes uh, money. Know, yeah, money. And uh, growth. And also, yeah, these things. But also, I would say... Because what you say, like, even if we had the money, we would still work in a way, if you know, it's about growth and connections. And so, yeah, we, Skill, we, learning. we do these things. Um, for you, it's a bit more clear because you have an actual job. I don't. So I'm like, also, what I just realized also the other day, like, um, I mean, I've been freelancing in the Netherlands for nine or ten years and having this uh, background like I have the the opportunity now to to do like just a couple gigs per year which pays some money um, but th this also didn't like happen overnight this was my background uh, before I had this entire van life and that's now you know paying off sort of in a way for sure um so I would say, say, I, I'm freelance videographer. Um, and also here, I use that skill and that knowledge to uh, to have a little income. Yeah, I think for me, in online marketing, I think it's way more common, especially now with COVID, to, to be on a remote basis. I mean, I'm working, the team is fully remote. Everyone is remote. The only difference is that mm, I'm the only one con constantly moving, basically. And this is also my second job that is fully remote. I think as a videographer, you thought it would be easier, right? Yeah, but that's more because it's me and I always think stuff like that would be easy. But oh, yeah. it isn't. The glass half full story. Yeah, Yeah, mm. it isn't. But what I like now, I, I put some, some work in getting connections in the city Innsbruck and, and that sort of like I, I slowly get some, some things to do also for some money and I can use my knowledge and my experience for this. So it develops, but it it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of trust from for these people that they that they will uh, provide me with something like this. It's not that easy. It's not like... I mean, I could work in as a screen screen instructor or something like this, like way easier. But something like an actual job as a filmmaker, something like it takes a bit of time. But yeah, we're figuring it out. And the nice thing is, we both 
on an average pay thousand bucks per month into this lifestyle so together we do two thousand and that i just realized the other day that that makes it so i'm able to like figuring out like my next thing because i have time i mean it's not that much to get a thousand bucks per month do you sound cocky now what i'm trying to say is i would say you sound cocky because other people live on 400 but true but what i'm trying to say is i feel like we don't have we have i don't know how to phrase this in we manage our financial resources in a way that we are trying to to gain as much freedom in in time yeah and also without pressuring us to do shitty jobs just to fix quick fix our financial issue i would say that yeah and i and i think that for me feels that we're super rich not in terms of money per se but in terms that we have time to to figure these things out that we really want to do and establish these things and yeah i would say like this lifestyle that was always the idea but i feel like for the last months it feels like it's paying off um yeah and at the same time it feels still feels like a beginning the whole time yeah yeah we just started we're now nine months into it but doesn't feel like it we still feel like i mean just last week we came across our first limits and yeah so funny because i think maybe that's also the word of the day of limits no of a lot of things that we have worked in the past for are starting to pay off now yeah so it feels like we are getting closer to something and at the same time it's just the beginning yeah i like that it's it's all leading up to to what we have now oh bye bye camera perfect all right well, the camera decided it's the uh, it's time to go. Yeah. Let us know what you would like to hear about us talking about. We are very keen on getting some input. That would be cool. If you're listening to this and you have some I, some things that you want to know, like we're out here talking together out of, you know, what we think would be interesting, but it would be really cool to hear some feedback if people actually listen to this and actually have some, gain something from this. Like, we are keen on giving you more information, more stuff, but uh, let us know. See you in the next one. Ciao.